knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Damn these Biloxi blues, it happens every night. And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer that could ever be a friend of mine. Nope, I have Summer heat never treats me kind, it leaves trouble on my mind. So I'm bidding farewell, putting in my notice, and I'll see you at another time. Sing. This highway does not know my name, and I don't care, no. <sighs> I don't. South, headed south. Another place, and I got three good tires. Right to the hook, right here. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to keep there. Low budget live, not so live from the low budget live bar and grill here in Frozen. Tennessee, and I know y'all gonna hit me in them comments like it's negative ten where I'm at. The lakes are frozen. You're a freaking baby. Well, you know what? Like wind chill fifteen in Tennessee, I'm out. I'm out, and it is uh, it is that here. That is why we are headed south to Flow Rider. Recording this a couple days early before I head down to that Southern Open on the Kissimmee Chain of Lakes, Lake Tohabalaka. There in Kissimmee, Florida, and it's uh, it's cold down there too. So don't uh, don't get too excited. It's actually it, it's going to warm up. It's going to warm up during the event, during the official practice days. But like I said, recording this a couple days early, and it's uh, it's frigid down there right now. This is the podcast for January thirty first. Another month. You just. I always say it. You just click that calendar on by when you when you start getting this gray in the beard. Everything every day is like. Boop. Boop, boop. Every month, every year. So uh, we are almost into the second month of 2022. Welcome, you bunch of low lifers. And if you're just joining us for the first time and you wonder what a low lifer is, well, that is what the listeners of this program refer to themselves as the loyal, loyal low lifers. And there are a lot of them. And we appreciate each and every one of them. And welcome, if you are new. Welcome to the crazy experience we call Low Budget Live. At times, we talk about bass fishing, we talk about life. Love, pursuit of happiness, and sponsors. We're going to tell you about the sponsors right now. Startron. 
kicking ethanol in the teeth, in your chainsaw, in your weed eater, in your daggum, daggum side by side. You can't leave home without it. Ethanol will gum up the works. You do not want anything to do with ethanol. It will ruin a great day on the water. So drop you some StarTron in the tank and make your day better. Make your day Ensure. Control the variables so you don't go to hit that hit that old, old motor and you're drifting, drifting out of the bank. StarTron, we appreciate them for bringing you low-budget life for going on however many years now, like five years. Baitworks, new to the show this year, new to the travel and circus world, baitworks.com out of Springfield, Missouri, a premium tackle dealer that you are going to want to check out. Free shipping, over $50, great pricing, and a lot of things in stock, adding more every single day. If you get on there, to use code Duncan-10, Duncan-10 to buy you some tackle, and they don't have what you're looking for, drop it in the comments. Shoot me a message. I will pass on the word. They are building up stock. Man, they've got a huge selection of a lot of things. But if you get on there and they don't have your little widget that you like, see what we can do about it for all you low-lifers. Duncan-10 at checkout. Show them that you are a low-lifer and you support the show. We appreciate Baitworks. Last but certainly not least, doubled up today. Hang the banner, got the hoodie. Hang the banner, got the hoodie. Express Boats, the official boat of Low Budget Live and the Traveling Circus. And we were southbound with the X-21 headed to kick off the year with that Bassmaster Open. And I can't wait, man, because it's been so cold around here. I haven't uh, wanted to crank the old Yamaha up and uh, and have, like, frozen tears running down, my, running down my cheeks as I run down the lake. So headed south. We appreciate the fine folks at Express for not only bringing you Low Budget Live, being the official boat, but for building excitement since 1966. All right, today is a uh, is a fun one. It's a fun one uh, for me. This is a guy that I have wanted to have on the show for a very, very long time uh, for multiple reasons. And then he had a very uh, big announcement and a very big change in his life this fall uh, which made him even, you know, even a better candidate to come on the show and talk about things. He has recently been promoted to the Bassmaster Opens Tournament Director, so timing is everything. It's the week of the first Open, that nine tournament series that's going to qualify some boys for the Bassmaster Elite Series. His name is Hank Weldon. He comes from the old Weldon Tournament Directing family, and we got to catch up with him, uh, all of us low lifers. I hope you enjoy this. Got to catch up with Hank on a little bit of Zoom, here we go. All right, as promised, we have the man. And this guy comes with a pedigree a mile long, I feel like. It, it, it's When it's in your blood, it's in your blood, ladies and gentlemen. Hank Weldon, what's up, brother? Luke, man, I'm happy to do it. I never thought I would get to be on the show, but happy to be here. Come on, man. This is uh, I'm. It's low budget. You're in your awesome office at Bass, and I'm out here in the bar and grill. I appreciate you doing it, especially... I, I'm recording a little early because, as you know, I'm going to be uh, – you're probably going to yell at me next week for something, but I, <laughs> I'm fishing that Southern Open. But this Open schedule's kicking off, and you got a, you got a promotion. They, they, they said the heck with Bose. They got him out of the way, and now you're the guy. And uh, first of all, I want to say congratulations, and uh, you're the dude next week at the Open as we kick off this nine-tournament season. 
I, I guess I should say I, I appreciate it, but I don't know if I really know what I'm getting myself into. But I feel like some high school parents, you know, probably have me trained a little bit, you know. So <laughs> that's a good. T- I'm, I'm getting, we're kind of circle back to that. I want yeah, to know if you've got any All good stories that. because I'm I have yeah. high school children and middle school children, yeah. and I know how I get kind of right. Welled up sometimes about things going yeah. on. I do want to, I want to touch on that, but I texted you the other day where we were setting this up, and I said, "Hey, man, congrats!" and 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 you said, I, "I'm I'm looking forward to it." I said, "Well, you're you're used to dealing with whiny fishermen, and you've been <laughs> and you've been one, right? Like you're you're a tournament yeah, guy, so you right. understand what's coming at you because that's all we do is gripe and complain. I feel like, yeah, you know, it's a right. It's it's when you're an angler, it's. I don't, I don't know. It's like something, the air we breathe or the water we drink, but you're right. But yeah, no, I'm excited. You know, it's funny. You say, uh, when we are around, uh, the trail and you meet just casual people in a store gas station, like, I bet you get to fish all the time. Be like, I, (laughs) until I went to work for bass and now it's like cruel and unusual punishment. I'm around it all the time and I never get to do it. So you have to smell like fish. You're close enough to smell like it, but it's not because you caught a bunch. Right. I mean, put it in perspective, I haven't, and it's my own fault, but I haven't even fished in a tournament this year. I am jumping in a derby on, on Jordan with the old man in, uh, in about a, a month. So I'm looking forward to Okay. It. I, I say that this year. I didn't fish in a tournament in 2021. Not at all. No tournament. Not one tournament. So I didn't lose any money. I didn't make any money. <laughs> anything so it, it, mark mark zona looked at me one time and he said covering bass tournaments made him realize he didn't need to be fishing professionally or chasing that anymore and it saved him a lot of money from your perspective because that's kind of my perspective too right now i'm still mixing it up but i've been on the business side of it i've covered it i've competed but i'm like i think i'm better here right, right? and and i and i like i like the competition of the opens but is that kind of your perspective? Because you you were doing the college fishing thing, you're coming up through that, but then you got the job offer with the Under Armour Bass Tournament mm-hmm. Series there, and yeah. you and so you kind of spun off there, like so many. Ronnie Moore is another right. guy. You know that we all have our path. Brad Rutherford came up through the college deal. He ends up at Abu. Right. Is that kind of what helped you? are Like, okay, I love it, but I'm not having the success I want. What what led you to that decision? Right. Yeah. You know, that's it, a. I tried to take a trip down memory lane and I think I got into the business side before I even tried to go down that route, right? College okay. such in its infancy. Not to say that is by me not claiming that I had right or anything like that. And I don't think I do. Um, but, but the joke, yeah, I don't joke because it's people's money, but I cut a check at every turn, you know, and that, mm-hmm. you know, I make it to the final day at every tournament. But, and then there's also a part of me that I feel like, and this might sound a little, egocentric but i've been around for years and i feel like i can you know add to the tournament series like we did with college and high school to help make it better for anglers who do have that skill to move on or like i said in the article you referenced to maybe punch their ticket in the industry Mm -hmm. i feel like that's my place in the industry versus trying to compete is there a part of me that says man i wish i would have at least tried and i think if i came along when college was more established like it is now, I probably wouldn't have gone to Alabama. I probably would have tried to get a scholarship somewhere else. Maybe like Tennessee or something. Yeah, no, no <laughs> not even close. Dude, you, you, I'm going to digress, but I was in Alabama when Mike Shula was there. And oh, the yeah. probably don't even know him. I remember uh, it. <laughs> final year, we won four games. So no one can question my Alabama fan. That's fan, right. Uh, You're not a bandwagoner. 
I mean, Tennessee had rattled off nine in a row until Rome. That's right. Fumbled through the end zone and Rocky stopped. We finally yep. got so, That's right. Uh, I miss Shula, by the way. I, I miss yeah. Shula, but. <laughs> he was good. You know, Shula was what he needed to do. We were coming off of Mike Price stuff and sanctions and corruption, and we needed somebody just to get us through those years. And I guess it was worth it. But It was worth it. I was in school. So we did, We had a lot of time to fish then. So Plenty. We weren't going to the football games, but. But yeah, you know, I think if I'm being honest with myself, I feel like that's probably my place in the industry. I hope it is at least. You know, I enjoy it. I love doing it. I, I'm, I like the fact that I am an angler. You know, you hear ang- you hear current anglers always talk about, especially with dad, they they respect him so much because he was an angler. He is an angler. And that's I, right. I bring that. You know, not as much as he did, but I've still been around it, been on the water enough to where I feel like I can get in y'all's heads, know what you're thinking, and apply formats changes that make sense you know stuff that you guys understand to to make the platforms better well and i think that the tournament director position that's what i was thinking about this podcast like what what i'll what i'll title it as or whatever and i do i think it's the hardest job in bass fishing and i and i don't think people realize that and i saw it with bill taylor at flw and i saw it with chuck harvin back in the day i've yeah, seen it with yeah. your dad i've seen it right. with whether it's bfl directors whatever you have some of the toughest decisions to make whether that's rule infractions or weather or just right. you and I were talking before we had a little situation down at Toho with the lock situation. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's been closed, but you, you guys are working diligently with the community to try to get that thing going. And it's just something all the time. And it's whiny fishermen like me or you got, but we got money on the line. We're traveling from Tennessee, traveling from all over. And so you're the guy you're taking all these phone calls and I, and, and man, it is such a tough gig because everybody either loves you or everybody hates you. That's right. There's no middle ground. There's no middle ground. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, growing up, you know, dad's been directing tournaments since 1990. I was five and I watched it. And I remember saying in life, cause I saw the stress, you know, when you have to drop the hammer on Kevin Van Dam or swindle at the classic. Yeah. I was going to say swindle. Yeah. And, and what people, what a lot of people forget about that is, is he and Swindle roomed together. They were, were buds. Yeah. They were, you got to remove all that. That's, that's, that's where, you know, you always say as a tournament director, my strategy is you have to treat an angler like a commodity. They're one in the same, remove the names, enforce the rules, run a clean event. If you do that, um, they're going to respect you for it. Um, but where I was going with that is, is I remember I've seen all those, I've seen the stress I've seen, you know, he did a great job of not bringing it home, but at the same time, I could see it, and I said, "I never want to do that." Growing up, and doing it, so <laughs> that well, that was going to be one of my one of my questions is right. seeing that with your dad growing up. Yeah. Did you see yourself at a young age being right. in the chair you're in now? Yeah. No, that, not that's at all. Interesting. I went and got a business degree, and and you know, and and uh, was looking at doing something else. I bounced around from wanting to be a a meteorologist. I love weather. You're going to, the the tournament managers joke about it. If you're from the Alabama area, like James Spann is my biggest mentor. He's awesome. He's like the coolest dude ever. I'm such a science nerd when it comes to that stuff. But uh, um, no, never thought about tournament directing. You know, I did an internship with Bass from more of a business. Uh, It was actually an internship with ESPN, but it was at Bass in college. It's the coolest thing ever. You know, they, uh, they flew you to Bristol and you got to go through the sports center set and all that. Stuff. Oh, wow. It was really cool, but I didn't do that to learn how to run tournaments, you know, that was pretty <laughs> intense. So it was to get inside 
of ESPN and maybe build a career like that. But then like, it, like, I, like we talked about earlier, college happened and, you know, we kind of started building it. I started enjoying it, you know, and, but the, the other cool thing there too is, is when I went to work for college bass, JM, I'm going to go down a history lane and probably bore all your listeners, but JM was owned by a marketing firm in Atlanta, Georgia called Career Sports and Entertainment. And uh, I didn't call this guy out, but Steve Levi, he had worked at Bass. He worked at Career Sports. He was the one who hired me in Atlanta. So, Steve, there's your shout out. Thank you. (laughs) Shout out, Steve. But the other cool part about that is is we were – that was a sports marketing firm. They were agents. Uh, they were almost like an, an IMG and, uh, and they did a great job and they still do a great job, but I was getting involved in that sports marketing thing outside of fishing too. And it was really cool, but kept finding myself gravitating back to fishing. It's what I knew. It's what I liked. It was a comfort area, but we were also shaping college fishing into what it's ultimately become. You know, there was, we'd have near the resources we did back then, but, um, I feel like those just things that, you know, in life things happen and you don't expect them to happen and you veer off this track that you never think you're going to go on, but here we are and I'm happy to be here. I'm loving it, you know, so it's, it's, it's a blast and I'm excited about next week. Yeah. I, I, I know you have to be, man. I was, I was excited to see, uh, see that announcement for you because I know how passionate you've been about the sport from the high school stuff to the college stuff over the years and, and being involved. Uh, and dude, I, I just, I think your dad's got to be, you know, he's sitting at the house when that press release comes out. And I know, of course, you've talked to him about it <clears throat> countless times before it's official. He's got to be so proud, man. Like that. And, and, and trip to me is bass, right? Like I, I grew up, that was Dewey Kendrick when I was a kid, right. right? It was Dewey and then, and then trip was, but trip has always just been like that that guy and I think it's so cool to have you in that organization just running the 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 meat of it really in those nine opens man being right. the, the heading those up that get us our elite series fisherman man that that's got to be a proud moment for your family yeah you know I think it is I think he looks at how he's raised me and I guess trained me to be a tournament director and I think he's probably proud about that as much as anything and he hey he's enjoying being a granddad now <laughs> and he's fishing more than he has in a long time and he's coming up and being with the kids we're only 70 miles apart from each other so it's fun but you know that's awesome he is he, he definitely represents the shield and i hope i can get anywhere close to what he did because i'm not trip welding in any way shape or form so do you guys ever so are there are there things like rule wise or that you guys agree or disagree on that you can give me just like, that's a good question. As you're kind of the younger generation, you've came at this tournament thing different than him. You see, and things are changing, right? Whether that's electronics or the flow of information now with social media, are there things that he's like black and white on, but you're like, (laughs) "Eh." is there anything like that with you guys? I'm trying to think of it. You know, I, I, I definitely gripe to him a lot about what, internal office normal yeah just normal you know stuff that you know because i I technically the the way that we had the departments divided up i fell under the bass nation answer to john stewart and then trip was over bows and the you know and and the and the uh the tournament that the the opens and the elites and so Mm -hmm. had to divide that up i guess because it's a nepotism i couldn't necessarily answer to him right um i'm trying to think but i did gripe to him a lot you know i was like we need to be doing this we need to be doing that you know and i felt like i had a unique way of communicating to him i almost felt like sometimes people wanted to get the trip they kind of 
maybe, right? A little bit. Because I could, I guess, have that father-son talk versus tournament director to the tournament director. Yeah, to the guy. I'm trying to think if there's technologies, you know, or, you know, I I think about all the things that kind of came with him, right, when he saw it. I mean, we were from triplicate weigh-ins, you know, writing down the, taking all call-in registrations. You imagine if Bass office and register for a tournament right now. Oh man, we'd still be taking registrations for the college. I remember those days. Sweet, yeah. Um, to, I mean, you even go back to remember the bass cams. Remember, the, yes, and yes. Uh, and bass track. I mean, what a you know he in his Hall of Fame uh, booth. He put a bat. I had a because I, I ran the original bass tracks for in, in my internship, but I kept two phones and I had the original phone or one of the bass track phones his old Nextel phone. And he put it in there, but you think about just the innovations of unbelievable bass track, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to think of really any, any disagreements. I'd say the one was probably the umbrella rig. I was more for it. And, you know, as, as you know, it's not, you know, you can't fish. If you can qualify to the classic, you can't completely out an umbrella rig. Right. But when we started writing the rule, it was, you know, the anglers wanted one, one rod, one reel, one lure. Well, tournament director, we're like, it's not that simple. What about the double flute, the front, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And it's out, you know, because that was kind of a byproduct. And that was probably more of my argument. All right, we're going down this route. We're going to be eliminating other things. Once you open that door. Right, right. Yeah. And ultimately, that's where we landed. I think he, I think it's kind of gotten, he tell you this probably now that he's not the tournament director, but it got kind of where it's not hard to enforce, but it's an added element that if we just said abide by all state laws and fire away, it would be, it would be fine. But, you know, again, it's something we do. And I, I think a lot of the anglers still want it, but that was one of the things that I wanted because it, it was the my view on it. And it was probably from the current position too. was college, high school and juniors. I were, I was wanting a lot of times for kids just to have fun fishing and not to worry about what they were. Mm-hmm. Fire that umbrella rig out, man. If you can catch fish, you do it. If it's getting you on the water, making you love fishing, you go do it. And uh, that may be one of the ones, but I kind of came around to the umbrella rig and I'm, I'm all for that with the, you know, I I think that with, when that thing came across, like that was a hard line that FLW bass, you guys all drew and even like ABT, it's it's Mm -hmm. a rule in that, but you can still throw it in Toyotas and BFLs and we don't just see them dominated by it. Right. Right. Not anymore. It's a tool, but now when it hit, it was like, dynamite we all thought well this is just ruining everything and there was that sentiment right and now right. it has its time and place but they shy away from it as much as they eat it i mean now right. with face and stuff we we see that right. um that is one that i wish we could go back on and be like all right just all right guys like, yeah. yeah because right. we these uh multi-arm spinner baits and things now that are really cool yeah. that we can't we can't utilize those right like right. you said, the front runner rig is something that's great with schooling fish, the double fluke right. rig, all these things that we yep. can't utilize. So, right. like you said, that big kind of sweeping rule on that is is a difficult one. When you said, uh, and, and I know that was ultimately because they couldn't throw it on the elites, why it was banned in the opens. I, I want to ask you a, a serious question. This is something I thought about in the terms of the opens, and I, and because they are that, they're open. 
Right. But with the information rule, mm-hmm. you know, after the official practice, it's over with, but there's unlimited, you know, you can fish. If you want to fish a hundred days, if you want to go do it, go right. do it, buddy. Right. Um, is there ever a thought or, or because you do qualify for the elites, which is no info. Off right. Limit, Locked down. right. Are there any, are, are there ever any conversations about something right. like that? Because I do think guys get frustrated. There are people that take advantage. I'm not a guy. I'm never going to go practice for 10 right. days because it messes me up. I want about three to four, whatever. But is that something you guys talk about to try to level that going yeah, into you, the elites? Right. And you know how it is. It's like, <laughs> it's like, if the umbrella rule is a hard rule to enforce and write, the information rule oh. is like 50, right? It's so, impossible, really. Right. Yes, is it discussed every year at length? But what we do is we wrap the season up, tournament managers, um, and then we have like a week where we review all of our notes. Hey, we need to look at this rule. We need to think about this, this, this. You know, can you stand on your electronics? You know, so you, mm-hmm. something that was uh, that was new this year. Um, and that one is always talked at at length. Even with the elite series, you know, do we go back to the 28 to 30 day off limits? You know, that sort of thing. You know, do we install that in the opens? And and uh, again, we always find ourselves coming back to the opens as it's anglers aspiring to be elite anglers, but they're not, you know, yeah, we've got elite anglers in the opens, but they're not at that elite level, full commitment, nine events, you know, we're locking it down kind of thing. And that seems to be where we land usually, but I will tell you, it's, uh, it's discussed at length. Um, we could probably charge a, an online fee to listen to the tournament. Now. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, in those you don't want to you don't those open that up to public. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to open that up to public yeah. forum though. I don't yeah. think <laughs> no, I can only all. imagine the comments. And, right. and I do, you know, there are a lot of guys that, that complain about that, of course, but then, yeah. And there are lots of things in the opens, whether it's payout or field right. size or whatever that are talked about. But then we look and we've got hundreds on the waiting list. And it's like, well, apparently everybody <laughs> yeah. is just okay with it. Right. right. You know what I mean? There's, right. I, we're whiny. We're fishermen. We all complain. But right. that is one thing that I, I have wondered at times, though. It's like we have this harsh information rule in the elites. But I understand, like, and I'm one of those guys where – I'm not aspiring to be on the elite series necessarily right. by fishing the opens. It scratches that competitive itch for me with my life. I don't have time anymore really to do the, the a full tour, right. but you got that carrot dangling of the classic. So yeah, I'm going to show up. If I have a perfect right. week, I go to the Bassmaster classic, there right? So that's, that's why I'm there. I get to see all my buddies. It's competition. Right. You can kind of test yourself, but so I understand why there's a mix of rules at every right. level. Yeah, it's it's tough. I just wrote that down. That's going to go into my file to make sure we bring it up in the fall. Um, but uh, uh, it's it's not easy, you know that, Luke. And it's just you know, if we were able to please everybody, I would retire tomorrow. <laughs> Never going to be perfect, man. You're right. I mean, you know, it, having just that that surplus of anglers wanting to fish the opens, it's I, it's not even a good problem. It's a, it's a problem that we're trying to Bose and I, Bose is in town. We just sat down. We're, we're, we're having open discussions, not open discussions, but we're having open discussions right now. I'm just kind of looking at things and seeing how we can accommodate the anglers that we're not able to accommodate right now. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, even we saw it with college and high school last week, we had to send college anglers home. You know, I was saw that. Yeah. It killed me, man. You know, when, when they're wanting to compete and, and they can't because 
the field's full. It's just, you know, it's not ideal, but no one also people don't like waiting in line. You know, I use the Disney world example. If we fish 400 boats, a you can't fish many lakes at 400 boats Mm -hmm. and who wants to wait in line to ride the roller coaster for five hours. You know, it's so it's, um, it's not ideal, but I will tell you, we are going to the drawing board to try to figure out what we can do better um, to, to make it, you know, more accessible to more anglers. You know, one of the things I told Bose and, and, you know, cause he did such a great job with the opens for so many years is I'm not going to really change anything this year. I want to get in, yeah. settled, you know, that's even down to like registration times and that kind of thing. And then figure out if there are some tweaks and stuff. Yeah. We'll, we'll look at it then, but you know, he did such a great job for so many years running the opens that um, clearly it shows so many people want to fish them and you just don't have the slots for them. Yeah, he Chris really did. He he ran a great event, man. I last year was my first year back. I mentioned Chuck Harbin. I fished him when I was 19, 20, and 21. Yeah. So back yeah. back way, way back. And uh he was it was it was a really enjoyable experience, man. And the whole staff, you guys are you right. guys are great. Uh something that pops up all the time when you guys release schedules, when NPFL, when F- Oh, I can't believe you're going here. You're going there. Talk about the difficult because I've 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 been on that side of it with MPFL now last year, just in the conversations at right, least. Right. Talk about what a nightmare <coughs> scheduling is, <laughs> please, well, for people. Yeah. Because I gripe about it on here. I'm like, shut up, quit commenting that you hate the scheduler. Why right. aren't you guys in California? Here's right. why. Right. Please explain this. You know. to me. <laughs> Here's a so the comment with the West. I can speak on on experience with the college series. We were going out west for many years, and we started again. We just fished 250 boats at Harris Chain, and we had 178 boats on the wait list. The largest field we ever had in California was 36 boats. Now we don't expect 250 out there, but we ran tournaments there for five straight years. The final tournament we had five boats, five boats in college bass. Right. And we just, that's not, we're not being fiscally responsible and all the money to take the equipment out there to run a five boat tournament. You know, and I hear, I hear the West guys and I don't want to make that sound insensitive, but when it comes down to a business decision, when those field sizes kept dropping, but we stay committed to going out there when you're only sending five boats and we told them the year before, we'd be like, we've got to get these boat numbers up or next year is going to be our last year for a while. Mm-hmm. It's not ideal. I love going out there. I love. Of course, it. yeah. The fisheries are amazing. Lake. Oh man, we we fished the Delta one time, but we were had a Clear Lake tournament, but we flew into Sacramento and fished the Delta, and it was awesome. You know, yeah. Um, and you know, John's taking the nation out to Lake Havasu uh, in three weeks, so you know we've got we've got some offerings, just not necessarily opens that are out there. Mm-hmm. But scheduling. So here internally, here's how it works: the elites come first then the opens, then the nation, then the college, then the high school. It all kind of rolls downhill. The first thing we can't be on top of, well, not to mention the classic, you know, we've got that. Yeah, but it's set in stone, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, yeah, you don't get close. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it all rolls down. But then we're also, you know, I don't know how many times I taught the Wade Middleton or Kevin Hunt, you know, other college series. Yeah. Trying our best to – to make it work, but also not competing against our own internal, internal, uh, you know, scheduling conflicts. You know, we only have 42 events a year that we have to cram into 50 calendar. <laughs> no big deal. Um, 
And then also with, with the opens, um, you know, one of the, we, we moved, you know, Bass Pro Shops, they're still a great partner of ours, still presenting of Carhartt and everything. But we had that long-lasting deal where we were weighing in the final day. Yes. So you had to be within 90 miles, which that's never fun either. You make it a long way. Yeah. And you got to drive to Bass Pro Shops. So that kind of limited our our area of where we could go. Good news is now, next year, we are wide open, man. And I've I've got it circled on my board back, back here behind me, what, out of my strategy and what I hope to get done are big fish lakes at the right time of the year. So get ready, guys. It's going to be, uh, I'm hoping it's going to be some slugfest next year. I mean, next week's going to be slugfest if y'all catch them like you did, like they did at Harris Chain. <sighs> well, so. if if you can do me a favor, you said you love the weather. <laughs> yeah. uh, call James, Spank, whoever. It's looking good. Call. It it's is looking, looking good, good right now. It's trending yeah. the right way for the uh, event. Right. I'm getting down Saturday. I don't do 40, cold that day. 47 in Florida yeah. with a low of 30. I don't, I fished yeah. an FLW on Okeechobee one time. It was like 40 wind blowing. Tw- I've never been that cold. I could yeah. have been in North Dakota and not been as right. cold as I was that day. I was like, what are we doing? This yeah, it's boring. a wet cold, right? It's like when it's you go out brutal. west and it's 100 and they're like, it's dry cold. Like, I don't, I don't dry heat. Like, dry I don't heat. care if it's dry it's or wet. High. It's still 100 degrees, yeah. right? It's like somebody chasing around with a hair dryer. It's exactly the same right. thing. <laughs> it's cold, it's cold. But yeah. but uh, it looks like, man, it is shaping up to be right. a heck of a year, a heck of an event. And, and dude, do you have any, before I let you go, do you have any new guys that are signed up for all nine that you're kind of, Okay. Who watching? Yeah, you know, kind of watching. Man. Put you. That's putting you on the spot, big time yeah, as a director. By the um, way, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm on. I'm gonna yield to that commodity where I don't get the names. You know, <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, I always the relevancy. The college anglers that have moved, you know, from from college up. I always have an eye on them, and uh, you know, you watch out. I would say look for that Logan Parks and Tucker Smith duo that. Nails a team of the year. Tucker finishes three ounces out of the out of the classic bracket, and and uh, and uh, then goes and wins a half a million dollars. You know, at an amateur event. That kid's special. He is. His dad's actually my dentist. I saw him yesterday. No kidding. Hard time. Yep. Yeah. He and Drayton Smith. He's a, okay. He's a good dude. He's right down. They live right down the road. But you know, Tristan. You know, talking about college guys. You know, again, relevancy there. Tristan McCormick, the bracket champion, watch out for him. He's a veteran uh, on the college series. So they'll, I don't know, man, it's, uh, I'm trying to think of, of some, some folks. It's uh, a lot, you know, again, it's like one of those things you can't win it after the first event, but you can have yourself out of position. So see who is still in it after Toho. It's crazy to, to, to say that out loud, I don't think people realize that if you've not fished the opens or you look at these guys trying to make the elite, there's three spots, okay? Yep. Three spots. And I think I was like in the 50s or whatever at Pickwick after the first central. You're done. Right. You're done then. I mean, that. I mean, mathematically, it's not easy. It's not easy. No. you got to have two top fives or something to, to right. combat that. But, like, if you're not – if you look at the average finish, a guy like David Williams last year, what? Mm-hmm. Like these these insane numbers these guys put up when they just have that magic three right. events, or the guys that catch them for nine, like Prosnick right. last year, Sam George. Uh, so yep. many guys were right there in the mix. It's crazy yep. to see. Um, and and this year, I'm looking at the opens roster. I'm seeing guys like John Sokup, 
the fish mm-hmm. CPFL last year that that is and one two field. events right yeah had, had, a, one, had two a great season event. yeah he's he's popping in there you got guys like uh, I saw Zach Burge is fishing yeah. you got some of these BPT guys taking a peek mm-hmm. and and you know we'll leave them mission like Peroznik was yeah, yeah. there 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 are a few that definitely they're dipping right. their toes to see I think Cody Myers fishing some with us on yeah. so yeah the fields didn't do anything but just get tougher uh, right. for me when I go through seeing guys post oh headed to Florida headed to Florida I'm like Oh, here we go. Because uh, yeah. they're not easy anyways, but uh, really looking forward to it, dude. And I, I can't thank awesome. you enough, Hank, uh, for coming on and for all you do for the sport, man. We're excited, yeah. Read that Thursday update. We'll get all, <laughs> get, get all your info out. And uh, I'm excited. I'm ready to get it started and see some big Florida bass weighed in too, man. Let's break that 45-pound record. So. Hey, listen, I hope – I've never tried to fit anything like that in that Express, but I'm I'm praying <laughs> to God that uh, we can at least – I'll take half of that. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I always say. You catch them, bring them to me, and I'll weigh them for you. Yeah, yes. Yeah, that's your job. I'll do my job. You can do yours. That's right. We'll, all, that's we'll right. all go home happy. All right. Hank Weldon, everybody, I appreciate you. Thanks, Luke. We'll talk to you. All right, Hank Weldon, everybody. I enjoyed that. I hope you guys did as well. He is uh, he's a very wise dude. And, and as I said in the interview, the trickiest part of <laughs> this sport to me is the guy that has to make those, those calls, those judgment calls. They are very tough at times. They are heavily scrutinized. And you have the weight on the, of the world uh, at that event. Guys have money, time you know, away from their families, a lot invested. And man, those those decisions or the scheduling of those events, uh, the just working with sponsors, working with the staff is a super, super, super uh, overlooked job, I believe, in this industry. And those guys are up early. They're, they're up, stay up late and uh, making, making things happen for each of those events. So I appreciate Hank the week before, uh, you know, a couple days early here before he heads to Florida. And uh, as I head to Florida for him taking some time out for the low lifers. And I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in. Um, it's awesome, man. I love doing this and uh, super grateful. We are going to, uh, Try to give them hell down there in Florida. Y'all stay tuned. Keep up with everything all week long. Should be uh, should be a lot of fun down there. I'm going to take you out with some Biloxi Blues. Be sure to hug your dad, gum mama, and I will see y'all after Flow Rider. See you. Damn these Biloxi Blues. It happens every night and I- Brave anglers search for the one they call king But who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern Presented by Abyss Battery Waypoint TV Through the Blackwater bayous And in the dark Louisiana night Floats a duck camp Alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. From the Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest, me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.